this one into the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to turn for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way back there. On an RBI hit by Mitchie Poole. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is. Oh! What's going on, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Heller, uh, coming at you with another week of Phillies baseball in the books. Uh, It was a homestand against the St. Louis Cardinals and the San Francisco Giants. The first time in almost two years that the Phillies played a team that wasn't in the NL East, uh, which is pretty wild to think about. but anyways, you know, they, they went three and three on the homestand. A lot of a lot of narratives, a lot of storylines, especially with Gabe Kapler back in town. Um, so it's fitting that I am joined by my co-host, Ty Dobbert, to talk about all this. Ty, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I mean, like you said, it's been a long time since we've uh, gotten to see the, the Phillies play a team outside of the outside of the eastern region. It's also been a long time since we got to watch Gabe Kapler manage a baseball team so I'd say that's the the biggest treat of them all when it comes to this homestand got some good moments um the Giants man like you watch that team the last two years they were competitive last year they're off to a good start this year and just so many players that you thought should have been watched about five years ago are getting big hits you know Evan Longoria is playing for them Buster Posey hitting two home runs against the Phillies in one game. Darren Ruff getting a big home run in no, today's I mean, game. I, like, I love the like the Alex Dickerson, Darren Ruff, Wilmer Flores, like those guys who they don't play every day. They probably all just like the 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 way that I think the way the Giants roster is built um, in that sense is perfect for Gabe Kapler because it's just all matchups. Mix, yeah, it's, mixing and matching. It's changing up the lineup every day. And listen, like watching this series, I mean, he managed circles around Joe Girardi. Like people were people were making jokes on Twitter, like myself included, because it's just, I mean, it, it's right there uh, for, for the taking. But but seriously, you watch these games. Uh, you know, th- they had three different three run home runs in the last two games of the series late in the game uh, that mattered a lot. Like uh, Kapler managed his bullpen better. He he use his pinch hitters correctly. And and I, I guess we'll start with this because we have a lot to talk about from this last week. Um, is th- anything from Joe Girardi a concern? I'll, I'll point out one play or one, one decision from today. Uh, he d- decided to pinch hit for Zach Eflin in the bottom of the sixth inning, which I, I think that that alone is fine, right? Uh, he pinched well, the, I, I think the, the rain delay. There, there yeah, no, I was going to say he threw, he threw during the rain delay. That's fine, right? But he used Scott Kingery to pinch it for him and kept Kingery in center field for the rest of the game, knocked Moniak out of the game. Um, I don't understand the decision to use Kingery there when you have, like, even Matt Joyce off the bench. Uh, Kingery has been in AAA because he was not good in spring training. They're trying to, to fix his swing, and I, I don't know. It felt, it felt like a weird decision. Uh, to me, and it feels like there's been a lot of kind of questionable decisions. You've mentioned to me that you think Joe Girardi is a, is kind of suited for the AL, and I think like this is the first time we're really seeing him manage NL baseball. So, what what have your takeaways been, not just from the series against Gabe Kapler and the Giants, but overall this season? Yeah, I mean, 
the the thing that stuck out to me, I mean, going with Kingery, maybe I wouldn't have done it, but it's still not the worst move I've ever seen. Keeping him in the game to play center field was the one that I didn't really get as much pinch hitting with him. That's whatever. Um, he he's been keeping pitchers in the game a little too long, in my opinion. You think of Wheeler. Wheeler, he kept out there, gave gave up a home run, and next thing you know, the home the home runs add up. That's the one that hurts you, and a lot of times it's felt like he's leaving these pitchers in just a little bit too wrong, just in, a little bit too long, just in time to give up a home run. It happened. Was it Eflin's first start that he put him back out there, in the eighth, and he gave yeah. up a home run, and and Connor Brogdon pretty clearly didn't have it uh, there was, the other night. There was no the, one up in the, the bullpen. second game. Yeah, the second the... game. Go ahead. Sorry. Second game of the series, <laughs> he he gave up two three-run home runs in the same inning when he pretty clearly didn't have it. He said it after the game that he didn't have his changeup and he was you know, getting hit hard on the changeup and by the end he was throwing one pitch, the fastball. Yeah, and there was no one up have it, and there, there was, was nobody up there. No to, one up in the bullpen to go in when, for him. When the first home run was hit, there was no one warming in the bullpen. Like you said, it was pretty clear he didn't have it. There were already a couple guys on base. Uh, you know, the leadoff double to start the inning. Like guys were hitting hitting him hard, and there was no one up in the bullpen. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it just just a couple minor things, nothing like super major, kind of like you said, but just these things that that uh, people have been noticing. Yeah, and, and let's be fair. I mean, the Phillies have been hit hard with injuries. Segura just hit the IL. Gregorius hasn't been able to play the last few days. And then uh, a COVID situation also hit the Phillies. You have more Alvarado and Torres all on the IL and, and some other injuries and people not being effective here and there. That makes it tough, especially when your team is not extremely deep in every spot you know you said about about kingery maybe at one point is uh you thought he'd be a starter and now you're trying to keep him in at the alternate site as long as you can and try to fix him that is not exactly great for your depth so that that's a tough situation to manage but at the same time, it makes every single individual move a little more important when you don't have as much leeway because the players just aren't as good. Yeah, definitely. And and again, I mean, it was just like it was it was a series that was primed for content with Gerard or with Kapler back in town. And it, I mean, it, it, I think it lived up, definitely lived up to, to it the, did it did uh, to the hype. But um, I want to move on. How to about, something. Here, I got okay. one, one more for for sure. today's game. Sure. How about? How about Joe Girardi honoring the the legendary Gabe Kapler lineup where they had Justin Bohr, Carlos Santana, Asdrubal Carrera, Reese Hoskins, Wilson Ramos, all in the lineup. Basically a, a whole lineup of first basemen playing at the same time. Joe Girardi arguably had three first basemen playing in his infield today with Alec Bohm, Brad Miller at second, right. and Reese Hoskins That's right. at first. Yeah. That's all for you. Yeah. That listen, listen. Some, not me, some have said that the Gabe Kapler lineup uh, should be inducted into the Hall of Fame as the lineup. Um, just a I wonder if anyone who was the lineup card. I, mm, wow, that's a good question. I know a lot of, like, the official one. I know umpires will uh, they'll keep them a lot. So yeah. you're going to have to do some investigating there. I, listen, I petition for the lineup I, card to get into the, the Hall of Fame I, museum. I absolutely will. Um, we saw Andrew Knapp play second base last night. 
Like How it's, about that? It's, um, yeah, I mean, we've we so we have talked a lot about both on this podcast and just in general, um, on Twitter, other Phillies Nation people too. Like, why is Brad Miller not in the lineup more? And watching him at second base, I don't know. Oh, he passed the eye test for me. <laughs> made a made a diving stop last <laughs> night. He turning double plays. There was one play today that that Maton, he Nick Maton, they called him up. He's been playing some short with Gregorius unavailable. And and Maton tried to flip a double play, but he didn't get the guy at second. But and Miller still got fired the through the first. That's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, Miller raked this series. There's not much more to say about that because, you know, it's Brad Miller. Took we all ring it. What's that? I took him in ring it. Yeah, I, I retired from ring it. Um, effective immediately. Mickey Mouse championship. <laughs> I'm, I'm going out on top. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I want to talk a little bit about Nick Maton. Like you mentioned, uh, he was called up when uh, Ramos Reyes went to the IL uh, close contact. Um, for COVID-19 and, and uh, Didi Gregorius has been out for a couple games now. Maton's got three starts at shortstop. He's looked great defensively. Um, and he, to me, he, he's looked really comfortable at the plate. And he's, I mean, he's, he's got a bunch of hits. He had, he had three hits in Wednesday's game. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Um, so, in, in, you know, the game that happened just a few hours ago. And to me, watching him, at the plate, it looks like it doesn't look like he's, you know, it's his first time facing major pitching. It doesn't look like he's uncomfortable. He looks, he's giving uh, good plate appearances. He looks comfortable. He's not swinging at everything. So uh, that's how kind of how I feel about Rafael Marchan last year. It's a different situation. Obviously, Marchan was 21 and it never played above high A, but it's the same thing where a guy comes up when they're not supposed or weren't expected to and, and just like looks comfortable. And I think that's great. And I think he should probably stay up. Well, well, T Mac mentioned that on the on the TV broadcast a little bit that that Maton would have been he finished in Double A in 2019 looked pretty good, um, nothing spectacular at the plate, but it looked like the, the glove would play, which we definitely have seen at the major league level so far. One play where he didn't make a great throw, but for the most part, he has looked really solid at shortstop. Um, but Tom McCarthy mentioned that. Maton, he would have started at double A, maybe made his way to triple A last year, and that didn't happen. But Maton had said that being part of the alternate squad at Lehigh Valley was like really valuable for him because he wasn't, for the summer, wasn't seeing double A, triple A pitching. But then that last 60 games, 60 days, two months, whatever, he got to see a lot of high level triple A pitching. And obviously, the Phillies bullpen was what it was last year. But nonetheless, like there are a lot of guys up and down from the major leagues, and he was seeing major league pitchers when he might not have been in the minors. So, yeah, maybe it wasn't a great thing for the Phillies last year, for the big league Phillies, that they had so many guys going up and down between the the alternate site and the majors because they couldn't find anybody that would be effective in the majors. But for some hitters like Marshawn, Bryson Stott, Mickey Moniak, and Nick Maton, they got to see advanced pitching that they wouldn't have before. And I, like you said, I think that that shows on the field. Moniak, he started rough, but um, overall seems a little more comfortable than he did right away last year. And the past couple of games, it started to have better 
results for him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Moniak uh, to me did not look comfortable at the plate at first, uh, but he he's definitely settled in. Um, hit the three-run home run today, and he's looked. He's been really competent in, in center field. I know the other night he lost the ball in the lights and was able to recover and and make the grab. He made a, a, a excellent catch in uh, Tuesday night's game in the first inning to to prevent an extra base hit. Uh, so like he's looked good in center he's field. O- he's always been. Yes, since I since I first saw him really play a lot in 2019 in Reading, like that's that's really the first thing that's always stuck out to me. Like I think at, as soon as 2019, I think he was 21 at the time, uh, playing along with Hazley. They're both playing center field and right switching off. Like it was it was pretty obvious that Moniak would be able to handle center field in the majors. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and he's looked the part so far. Uh, I, right now, you know, you have Maytan, you have Hayes, or sorry, Moniak. And then you, you also have Roman Quinn, Scott Kingery uh, on the roster. Um, Gene Segura went to the IL. Like, do, do you think that they should – because Moniak's been getting most of the starts in center field. I think Quinn's gotten one since, since Moniak was called up, maybe two. Uh, do you think Kingery should get starts? I guess, I assume it, it'd probably be at second base if he does. Yeah, I think Moniak – or sorry, I think Kingery is up to play second base. Obviously, they went to Moniak first, and it was Segura getting hurt that caused Kingery to get called up. I know he played center field today, but I don't think that is, is the reason that they called him up. Um, so depending how long – Segura is going to be out, whether Gregorius is going to be able to play going forward. Girardi said that he did expect him to play on Friday when they play the Rockies. But I think his his real chances are going to be at second base. And I think Moniak will still, especially if they're going to see a majority righties, most starters are right-handers, Moniak's going to be the one that's getting the call to start, I think. Yeah, I mean, it'll be – I'm curious to see if uh... – Maton gets gets more of the more of the starts at second over um, Kingery just because he's he's played well. I don't I wouldn't just you know put him to the bench if there's a spot between him and Kingery. Uh, so well, I think it'll be. Well, I, I guess it would be between. Do you want Maton's bat or do you want or sorry Maton's glove or do you want Miller's bat? I think that's what you have to I don't decide. Know. I don't do, think. Do you Kingery think they're going to play really Miller at? They're going to play Miller at second. I, he looked I, he looked fineish and he's really good at the plate to start the year like they're they've played Joyce a lot and I I don't know I think if you're going to try to force a bat into the lineup it's going to have to it has to be Miller whether that's at second whether it's giving Kutch a couple days off in left field uh they gave him the money in the offseason for a reason because he has he has an impact bat I think they have to do more to get him in the lineup they tried it the other night with uh giving Hoskins a night off and then because of Segura getting hurt, didn't really work out that way. But um, they're gonna have to get creative because he 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 can really change a lot of things with with his bat. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great point. And, and like I, I guess I didn't really think of him just because for the first two weeks of the season, it felt like Girardi wanted nothing to do with putting Miller in the field at anywhere other than the first base. Um, yeah, not, I mean, I, makes, I don't agree with that. It, it does make sense, but you know, he's getting a little bit older. He came up as a shortstop and quickly became not very good at shortstop after a few years. 
And he's just not – he doesn't exactly feel like a second baseman. But I think he showed enough over these past few games that I think if you're Girardi, maybe you're a little more comfortable that he's not going to be a complete disaster. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and like you said, forcing if you're going to force anyone's bat in there, especially when you're missing Gene Segura, who was uh, probably your second best hitter over the last week or two, um, you know, put Miller in there. Uh, I, I, I think uh, it'll be intriguing to see, does Torres ever play again for the Phillies? Uh, I I can't I can't imagine Mayton goes back down. And obviously, this is after three well, games. Well, here's just... here's the thing. Here's the thing with Mayton. He's if things go right for the Phillies, he's probably not ever a regular starter. Meaning that Segura is their second baseman for the next couple of years. Gregorius plays out his contract or gets moved to third or something and then Bryson stock gets moved up or they or they sign a free agent like he's just probably not part of the starting plans but if it's not for the Phillies for some team there is maybe a role for him uh where he is more than just a a sub like Ronald Torres so the only thing you could could consider there is do you want to have him in the minor leagues to play every day and see if he can get a little more development. I don't know what I would do. I, I don't know what's more valuable, the long-term, uh, seeing if you can make him either more valuable in a trade or just a more valuable player overall by continuing to develop him or having who is, I think, uh, the better player in the majors right now. It's kind of a tough call. I don't know if there's exactly one right answer. Yeah, no, no, that's a good point. And, and it's, you know, It'll be interesting to see, I guess, how they move forward with that. Just, you know, partially because Therese really did feel like a zero at the plate um, off the bench. And that's, I mean, I also think that's something they'll address uh, at some point is, is getting that right-handed bench bat that they, that they really desperately need. Uh, but, you know, we could talk about Nick Maton all night if we wanted to. Uh, I do. I don't know if Ty does, but, you know, for, for those listening out there, for your, your sake, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, big game for, uh, I guess, Pete McCannon's words, uh, someone who has established themselves himself as a number three starter in recent years, uh, Aaron Nola, a big, big game for him on Sunday, uh, nine innings, no runs, two hits, uh, 10 strikeouts, no walks. I mean, he... Dominated One ruined headset with the with the Gatorade shower. Yeah, they ruined true. ruined NBC Sports's <laughs> headset with the Gatorade shower. It, it, you you could hear the sound. It made a buzz, and it was like, uh, I think yeah. they just broke that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, that's the game of his career, right? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, he's had some signature games. He's never had one quite like this. And listen, like we're gonna have the ace, not an ace debate. All we want. Uh, Ty made a great point to me this week that saying, oh, wow, look at him. He got his first uh, complete game shutout after six years in the majors, so he's an ace. That might not be the best point to make, guys. Like, let's let's not lean on that uh, because – Yeah. Yeah, uh, usually, usually, usually uh, the – the ace argument is is made a little bit earlier. The the players are able to get a complete game a little bit earlier than <laughs> a little bit earlier than year number seven. But no, I do get it. He is an ace. I think I think that was established. Uh, 
Long Maybe by 2017, but 2018 yeah. it was cemented for sure. He's an ace. He looked like it. It's just like like he said in the post game. It's about time. It's a long time coming. It's kind of surprising that he didn't do it before. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely, I guess a little bit surprising to do it before. And um, over the last two years, watching him uh, starting in, in the 2020 season, he's had those those not great starts uh, where he's you know he gives up a couple runs and maybe can't make it out of the fifth inning or whatever it's fine like he 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 rarely pitches the team out of games um which is like when an ace doesn't have their stuff that's that's kind of what they do unless they're one of the like best three pitchers in the game um yeah and when he is on like there have been countless starts over the last two i really started in the 2020 season so over his last 15 starts where he has just been on to the point that like the other team has like two or you look at the seventh inning and the other team has like three hits and it's happened a lot. Um, when he's on, he's just, he's just borderline on hittable. Uh, and, and he was on and it was warm out, you know, some are saying that correlation does equal causation. That's right. That's right. That, <laughs> they have been saying it. Um, many, many people have been saying it now, but the Cardinals, they really couldn't touch him. I mean, I thought I had, um, continent, same situation with another pitcher they have during spring training he was messing with a cutter I don't think he threw it as much in that last start there were times where his two-seamer just looked devastating and his two-seamer and curveball are just so nasty but I don't get why they're trying to force this cutter that is pretty clearly not that good they did the same thing with Naris they did the same thing with Naris and his slider that isn't good that he literally, as soon as he ditched the slider, it helped Naris become like a really good reliever. Yeah, here's the thing. So I get I get wanting to mix it up, but if you have like two pretty elite pitches, like maybe just stick with them. Here's yeah, here's the thing. Like this was this was how I felt about the Nick Pavetta. Oh, if he adds a changeup, devastating. No, no, Nick Pavetta, when Nick Pavetta's fastball and curveball were on, when they were on, he was filthy and he was getting guys out like think about a guy like tyler glass now a starting pitcher he has two pitches he throws a curveball and a fastball forcing fast he can't make it out of the fifth inning all right he's been great this year <laughs> yeah, he, he has. has been dominant so like and aaron nola has like you said he has the two seamer he has a four seamer he has the, the curveball and he has a, a, a pretty good change up he doesn't need a fifth pitch like he needs to he's, throw throw your good pitches more yeah, if he had like, I I don't I don't know if he was Brent Honeywell and he had a fifth pitch, he could throw a screwball to mix it up. Like I mean, yeah, that'd be it. fun. I'm all here for for uh, Aaron Nola throwing a screwball. Yeah, but uh, here's the thing: like that's a good kind of last pitch that you that he doesn't throw a ton. Mixing in an ineffective pitch, like it's just it's not going to cut it. I stick with stick with the the big guns, I guess. Yeah. And he, for the most part, he did, and they really couldn't touch him. It was a good no start. Yeah. Like I said, it was his best. Um, what what other ones kind of stick out? I, that Marlins one from last year, the, the seven-inning one, that was good. Um, it sure, did. Sure. Yeah, the one versus – The, the yeah, strikeout against 18. Harper in the seventh inning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. The thing from, from last year, that was obviously a good start, but there was part of you that felt like, 
that Nola probably was like, I wish this was a nine inning game. This sucks that I just threw a seven inning complete game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, again, like he's he's an ace and, and it'll be interesting to see how the next few, like we're getting into that warm weather. So maybe it fixed him and, and he'll be good to go uh, for a while. Um, rest of the rotation wise, Matt Moore, probably not the wisest investment. We kind of oh, he looks he looks rough. I, again, he hasn't been a, like it's been half a decade since he's been a successful major league starter. And when you have a guy like that, usually you give him a shot, you give him a, a spring training invite uh, on a minor league deal, and you say, "All right, if you make the team, we'll we'll pay you a million and a half dollars." They gave him three million guaranteed. I would say that that's probably now. Now Anderson's four. Anderson was four million. Moore was three million. Uh, Anderson, fine. He's been good. He's been solid. Like, yeah, he's been fine. He's a fifth starter. Yeah, four or five starter. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Moore was good in Japan last year. He looked good early in spring training. We weren't saying this stuff on the pod before, but he doesn't look good. He looks rough. He got pulled in the middle of an at bat because he just. Yeah, lost it. He, he couldn't <laughs> couldn't throw it anywhere yeah. near the plate, and he couldn't. He could. He said it after the game, like, "Who am I to argue?" <laughs> right. Joe Joe saw enough, right. and he did. Uh, we say maybe he's left some guys in a little too early. Uh, he went out there and got more out, and it uh, <laughs> was the right call. I don't know. I don't know what the right call is. They got more is also in the the COVID protocols, so I guess. They're going to have some time to figure that out before that happened. Girardi did say he expected him to make his next start, which would be on Friday in the, the Phillies next game, I believe. And Velasquez will be making that start. So maybe he looks good. Spencer Howard is somebody that could, I don't know. I think the Velasquez and Howard piggyback idea might be the best, best thing out there. Howard pitched today in inning of a, great. in a third he looked good. He was back up to like 96-ish, which he was not at last year, not quite up to the 98 he was at when I'd seen him a couple of years ago when he was he was finishing up in the, the minor league playoffs. But for early in the season, for a guy that's going to be on not completely full innings, that's pretty impressive. I, th- I, th- I think that might be the right call. Is it tough to roster two pitchers that are virtually – serving as one starting pitcher maybe a little bit but you yeah, still but, but you still have hail it to do some the, the long man stuff you don't, you don't but... need two long men and and when you have Eflin Wheeler and Nola uh, I know Wheeler has he, he hasn't been super on since that first start but when you have those three guys they, they pitch deep in the game so you you expect um that you know you can use your you only need two guys three max on when those guys pitch like you don't need, like you said, you have Hale as a long man. You don't need multiple long men. It's a waste of a roster spot, really. Yeah. Yeah, I I think they could pull it off, and I think it would work if, if Howard's going to look like that. We, he, you know, he's been their second-best prospect at worst now for the third season in a row, and it's it's just you keep hearing, like, about the Spencer Howard ceiling. If Spencer Howard can do this, you know, is he a two starter? And 
We've seen it in the minors, obviously. But, you know, the injuries come and he looks bad on the major league field. And I think it's easy for some Phillies fans to think, all right, well, where's this guy that was promised? And he's he's not going to show up and be a two because he's not going to he's not going to get the starts. He needs to build the innings. But I think today I think the Phillies fans got a chance to see, like, all right, this guy really does have good stuff. And I think he can I think he can make some some big outs and take down some big innings for the Phillies this year. I think. I think the best plan is to just pair him with Velasquez because obviously he is not a deep into the game kind of starter, but usually through four or five innings, he's fairly effective. So pair him together. Most nights is probably getting you through six, seven, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, it, it depends how stretched out that they, they, they want him to be and how many innings they want him to throw. But I think that's probably a good plan. Let him throw three, four innings game. It's a weird Every, year. You got to get creative, especially when you have somebody who uh, like more, who's just doesn't seem like he's going to cut it. They can't afford to just uh, keep trotting out a starter that might not be able to get it done. That doesn't, that doesn't look like he is really major league caliber at this point. Yeah. They can't afford to do it for too long. They have too many holes in other places dealing with injuries. Guys aren't hit in general. Guys aren't hitting as well as they had hoped. Um, some guys are. Segura was really hot. Harper is on fire. I don't know if that's even getting talked about enough. He's hitting like one of the better, uh, you know, position players in baseball. But you knew the top of the rotation was going to be really good. And you were hoping, if you're the Phillies, you're hoping for the back end to be solid. Doesn't look like it's completely solid. So they're going to have to do something about it. Yeah. Uh, and I think like you can try Velasquez and Howard. Um, but my opinion on this, and, and it's, I, I feel the same way about a right-handed bat off the bench, and I feel the same way about a center fielder who you can play every day and, and will produce at some point. Like, I don't know if you can wait till the end of July to make those, those moves. Um, I'm not saying you have to trade for a starter now. Like, like you said, you, you have other options that you can try, inter- internal options. Uh, we talked about the Moniac homer, home run on, on Wednesday, but that – he, overall, he, he's not been great. Uh, at some point, like, you have to say, all right, let's look at this team. It's probably the best it's been since 2011, 2012, and it's probably the best it will be. Uh, maybe they make another splash next year, and, and next year the team's better. I don't know, but, like, at some point you just have to say, all right, we're, and that we're, could come down to how they're going to perform this year. If they miss the playoffs again, maybe they don't double down. Uh, but, you know, being competitive this year with the best team you've had in a while and make, getting into the playoffs could, if you're the front office, if you're, if you're management, it could help convince your ownership group, like, hey, we got to keep investing in this team. We're good enough. Right. So that's why, that's why with, I think with the roster now, they, they really have, they just have to go all in, um, you know, is that a is that a Joey Gallo trade? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, but I, I again, I don't know if you can wait till the end of July to to feel things out because uh, yeah, too much time. Their, too their much holes, time their holes are are really killing them. Uh, you know the the back three spots in the lineup. Well, really the back two spots in the lineup with the pitcher and 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 center field. It's been a black hole. Um, and and when other guys are struggling too, it's it's the lineup has been way worse than I think anyone really could have anticipated. Uh, and, and, and you just have to do something. Um, 
Let's talk about Harper for a second because he has been on fire, like you said. Uh, he has, when I checked earlier, he had the, the top on base percentage in the National League. Uh, he's hitting like 347, I think. Um, he's, I mean, he's, he, he's gotten on base three times in each of the last four games. He's been uh, just, just, you know, killing it. Um, yeah, over 1,100 OPS uh, today against the Giants. They went down, and Harper immediately came up and hit a laser to right center field, like right on a line into the first row. I think he might have hurt the person trying to catch the ball. I think it might have hit him in the chest. And it, it went out so quick that NBC Sports Philly, they, it felt like they couldn't even get the camera up in time. It was just they weren't expecting it yeah, to it get was, out it that was, fast. It was a weird. It was a weird camera. Uh, like what they showed, it was like, "Where's the ball?" Uh, yeah, but it got out. It got out in a hurry. He hit that really hard, and it seems like he's really seeing the ball well. He's yeah. as good as advertised. I know. I know. You know, he rested for a game. The back was bothering bothering him. He came back out the next day, and he had a second deck home run. You have to rest sometimes if, you know, they have them for another decade. It's going to happen. It's not the biggest deal. It, it's fine as long as when he's on the field, he's hitting, especially if it's going to be like that. I'm not saying that we'll ever see a 2015 Harper again. I'm not saying we'll see a, another MVP Harper season again, but if he's going to hit like this. He's might get pretty close and it's the kind of bat that can carry a team. I mean, he's just he's just seeing the ball really well, and uh, his strikeout numbers, both last year and so far this year, are just they're they're down from where they they were in the, in the earlier years um, of his career, and, and that's I think that's a great sign. He's he's laying off pitches out of the zone, and he's he's taking his walks, um, and when he gets a pitch to hit, he's been making contact. He probably lost two home runs in Friday's game uh, because of the wind, um, and and he like. You know, I feel like this is something we say, like, oh, this guy can carry a team. This guy can carry a team, you know. Matt Klintak said it about Michael Saunders. This guy, when he gets high, he can carry a team. That's really, like, it's this is baseball. It's really hard for a guy to carry a team. I think there are very few, there's a low amount of, uh, number of players who can actually carry a team. Like, I think Ronald Acuna has, has to some extent, carried the Braves this season. You know, Mike Trout has carried the Angels at points. Like, there are two games this Carry them the what? Well, good point. Uh, not a winner, but he's relatively carried them to mediocrity. Uh, there, there are two games. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> two games. This these past two series that I think the Phillies maybe don't win. Like, like obviously Nola threw the the shutout on Sunday, but Harper also had that RBI that that home run in the first inning. Who knows how the game progresses if he doesn't have that or if it's you know tied late. Uh, you know, just all get lifted. Who knows? Um, and then, you know, t- in Wednesday's game, he hit the, the game tying home run. He scored the game winning run. Like he, he's doing it all, and and he, <laughs> he's willing an offense that has not been good to 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 allowing them to, to win some games. So, you know, who was, knows how long he was so hype after today's home run. He came into the dugout and he was, he was going off. He was so hyped up. It was like his first home run as a Philly when he um when he came and did that curtain call and he's like hyping up the crowd. He was like doing that to the dugout. He was, he was getting everybody amped up. Yeah. Love it. And, and, you know, we don't have to go too deep into it, but Reese Hoskins has not 
hit well the last two weeks since he was he was red hot for those those few games. He's his own base percentage is 271. Reese Hoskins. Yeah. The boomers got to him. People told okay, him he's he, not walking anymore. <laughs> people told people told him that he that he needed to he needed to slug. He shouldn't be walk, taking all these walks and he, he doesn't walk anymore. No, I mean he'll probably be fine. Yeah, he he the the wind took a homer from him today, it looked like. Uh went out to the warning track and you know, just left of, of center field. I think he'll be fine. I think we know what he is at this point. Um, I wouldn't be too worried if I'm the Phillies. The walks will come. He still still feels like he has a good eye and he's working long at bats. Yeah, and, and I feel the same same way about Alec Bohm. I don't think he's looked lost at the plate. Uh maybe some that, fastballs have been getting that home high, but... that homering hit two days ago or yesterday. Yeah, that yeah. was a that was a laser too. Yeah. Um he'll, he'll figure it out. Uh, Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper have never been hot at the same time. And I think maybe that's part of the thing. Like maybe they're just not allowed to be hot at the same time. The laws of physics won't allow it. So Harper's red hot and, and Hoskins maybe they made a deal so that like the offense won't ever go completely right. ice cold. Right. Um, like a scheduling kind of situation. Yeah. But to an extent, like it's, we're not even, we're, we're barely a tenth of the way through the season. Right. So uh, it's not too early to, it's too early to panic. I will say it's not too early to be concerned, but these guys have, have a long um, track record. Yeah. With those two guys, yeah. there are certain things where it's not too early to panic because I Andrew think, McCutcheon, I think is, is maybe one guy we can be a little more concerned about. Would you say, would you agree with that? Yeah. I was just referring to how we talked about the center oh, right. field. And, the, and the the like holes. those are, yeah. those, those are yeah. panicky because yeah. they were, they were question marks coming into the season where you knew they were probably going to be bad and then they were worse than expected so yeah that's panicky your so, two your two best hitters like i don't think you have yeah. to worry about that so like i said we're a little we're 18 games in uh to the season that the, the phillies are and um nine and nine think back to how you felt about the team coming into the year think about how you now like what's your overall takeaway is there anything that's really stood out to you surprised you and 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 how do you feel Short term, you know, this the series in, in Colorado and, and St. Louis and, and just uh you know longer term with this team. I will tell you that I do not know. I don't think I have a good read on this team right now because some spots, like you said, are like so very good, like look so good. Harper looks so good. For the most part, this bullpen looks so good, and their top three starters for the most part look really good. But then center field and the four starter, they don't look so good. And like just really, really, really bad. And like like you mentioned a little bit, McCutcheon doesn't look as good. And I think their their infield defense was a concern and uh, it might look a little worse. So I don't got, know. I don't know. got upset at me on Twitter a couple of times when I said the defense was gonna be really bad. The defense is really bad. It, the Phillies haven't had a good defense in a decade, and uh, they just don't care. Like, uh, it doesn't seem like whoever has been ever been in the front office over the last ten years, no matter who it is, they they have not paid attention to putting together a any semblance of a defense. And guess what? Uh, defense really, really, really matters. It really matters when you have guys who who pitch to ground ball contact, which the top three in your rotation does. Aaron Nola, Zach Eflin, Zach Wheeler, they all do that. Um, it matters a lot, and it's it's it kills it kills them. It's it's killed them the last three seasons. 
when they've tried to be competitive and it's killed them so far this year. I don't like it. It's nothing that I can be surprised about because we, we just knew like the, this roster is not constructed to be good defensively, which it why- still looks where maybe like you can internalize that in the offseason, but seeing it on the field is like it's a little jarring. It is. It is. But that's why to me, it's also like we can't we can't pretend that we the, the, reaping, the Phillies, reaping what you sow. The Phillies can't can't pretend. Oh, we can't put. Uh, you know, Brad Miller at second base because it'll hurt the, the infield defense. This this roster was not constructed to be anything defensively at all. So yeah, it I mean, doesn't matter. I mean, you remember from the offseason reports where they were almost in on Andrelton Simmons. They yeah. opted to go with Didi. Didi Gregorius is probably a better overall player than Simmons, but other than like the first series, he made some really spectacular plays, but that um, overall his defense has been Mayton, pretty Mayton, bad. Mayton's looked better than Didi uh, in, uh, in the field. Yeah, yeah. Didi, you can, you can made tell. Some, like, Didi's made some web gems, but overall he's not felt that good no. on defense. Nope. Uh, and <laughs> It's going to continue to kill them, and people are going to continue to pretend to be surprised, but we can't because – this is something we all already knew. Um, I could rant about putting together a horrible defensive team all night if I wanted to. I do feel like we cut. I also, I here's the thing though. I also get it when they they looked at their team last year and said we were one of the best hitting teams in baseball, and they just tried to run the lineup back. Yeah, I mean that's true. If that's you lose true. Didi, that's huge. That's like your five hitter that's losing your five hitter on one of the best offenses in baseball last year it's true it's just it's just this is a brutally constructed roster in that sense and and maybe maybe you're right maybe they didn't really have a choice but if you, you lose go, your five but... if you lo- you lose your five hitter from last year and you add it with Andrelton Simmons yeah you're gonna get to a bunch more ground balls but I think that's too big a piece out of your lineup to lose there's yeah. no real right answer you're gonna be missing a big part either way that's, that's just kind of it's kind of thing when you don't have a Correa, Story, Lindor, right. Baez. When you don't have one of these two-way stars, a lot of players on the next tier, they have some flaws. So, Yeah, well, for what get worth, the stars or, or deal with it. For what it's worth, Freddie Galvis has been raking over the last week in Baltimore. So That's right. Stay tuned. Uh, How but, about that core? How about that core of Michael Franco, Freddie Galvis, and Matt Harvey? Wow. I mean, playoff bound, World Series bound, maybe. Uh, you know, on that note, because we, we covered <laughs> so much about the Phillies over the last hour or so. Um, we're both obviously big fans of baseball in general, and I, I was wondering if you had anything that's stuck out to you uh, this season. Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're forgetting something about the Phillies. What? Well, what happened today? Oh, Andrew Knapp had a walk-off. Yeah, go off, Ty. You got it. Yeah, I mean, he plays second yesterday, starts today, um, and he, he comes up in the clutch. He started the game batting lefty, finished it off with a walk-off righty. Shades of Jimmy Rollins. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. I don't even I don't even know what to say. Like he he was Think back to 2018, 2019, and I get it. I mean, there's a stat uh, that came out. Matt Gelb wrote about this uh, the other day that 
Andrew Knapp over the last few years has been like one of the most used pinch hitters in baseball. And the thing is that he is generally a light hitting backup catcher. So that's a very weird thing to have to, to feel the need to go to him all the time. But because of it, because he was often facing, you know, good relievers and closers at the end of games and they would just pinch hit him. His batting average was going to like 195 some years because he was a light hitting, a generally light hitting catcher facing closers one at bat every day or two. So it wasn't good. So a lot of Phillies fans did not like him, but the last two years he's had some moments, uh, the home run this year, the walk off today. I like, this has to be the biggest, what's the opposite of a heel turn? Like just from the villain to the the hero very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, listen, he's good. Eflin, it's, it's really clear that like Eflin, like that's his favorite teammate. I think yeah. like he doesn't, oh, yeah. I, it doesn't seem like he's really interested in throwing to real Mito. Not that he <laughs> dislikes real Mito, but I think he really likes throwing. Yeah. Nap. Well, I mean, he's thrown to nap since the minors, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, Nap is is probably one of the better backups in the league, and uh, I I wonder if if he gets a starting role somewhere in his career after you know his RB years are up with the Phillies. It'll be interesting to see. He will be the next Austin Nola. Wow. Well, he has a, a step on on Austin Nola in that he's played in the majors before the age of like thirty. Yeah, and he's a utility infielder now too. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> oh, overall baseball stuff. Yeah, though, ba- well, yeah. What's going on? What 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 have you been keeping your eye on? Um, it snowed today in the Rockies game. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, what have I been keeping my eye on? I couldn't really tell you. Um, Ostadio pitching the other day that was nice. He was That's humming cool. at about forty-five miles an hour. <laughs> That's what you like to see. That that's really what you like to see. I, I've I'd like to imagine if I was a major league baseball player, that is how I would pitch. Yeah, I have a question about the 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 no hitter last week with Rodon on the on the White Sox. Yeah, because uh, honestly, like last week, Destiny Lagardo, Phillies Nation was on. We were talking about how there was a no hitter the week before, and then we we got off immediately. And we we're like, oh, checked our phones. Oh, there's a no hitter while we were recording. Yeah, um, this is gonna sound bad, but. If a guy only gets seven strikeouts and a no hitter, is it a little bit fake? Um, like, like that doesn't didn't, feel. Didn't Dallas Braden like get a perfect game, like barely striking anybody out? Yeah, I, that's not... no. The fake one, the fake one is like when Edwin Jackson walked like eight guys in his. <laughs> like those are the fake ones. I did AJ Burnett do that or somebody else? Like yeah, whenever, I think so. You, whenever you walk a bunch of guys and you're no hitter, it makes it feel a little fake. That's a real that that was. So close to being a perfect game. Yeah, that that's hit by true. pitch. Sorry, bud. Know. You're that not Roberto pitch. Perez. That's true. Yeah, another base, another thing going on in baseball. So the new, as you people probably know, the new MLB The Show just <laughs> came out the other night. Uh, it was on the pre-release for for people who bought it last week, and then on Tuesday it was made available for everybody. I'm playing my friend. I'm Cleveland. He's the New York Yankees. Garrett Cole's on the mound. I'm Roberto Perez at the plate. I hit a perfect, perfect line drive. I think about 109 miles an hour directly off Garrett Cole's forehead. Uh, it didn't let my friend, it didn't let my friend move him. 
And then the catcher, Gary Sanchez, had to go get the, get the ball behind the mound. And then Cole was just done for the game. Well, nice. nice. <laughs> and then the game – and then the servers were so slow on opening night of the game that after the injury, we just lagged out. And that's the last thing we played, just me smoking Garrett Cole in the face and then him standing there motion, motionless. Great game, Sony. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, uh, I haven't played any video games past MVP Baseball 2005. Real ones, no. Johnny hasn't picked up a Johnny hasn't picked up a video game controller since the time I robbed his walk off home run that he was about to hit uh, yeah. in MVP yeah, when, baseball when, with when, a relief pitcher. Yeah, when me and when me and Ty play, uh, we we used to play. We haven't played since the pandemic began. Uh, our rule was that if your pitcher was at the plate, you have to throw fastballs down the middle. You just have to keep like pound fastballs down the middle. So we would always get like hits with our pitchers, but. Yeah, he robbed me. My relief pitcher was about to hit a walk-off go-ahead home run, but it happens. <laughs> it happens, yeah. That's baseball. Yeah, I mean, one other baseball thing I wanted to note, there, there, are, there are always these guys who we talk about for, like, five or six years, like, oh, you know, like a top prospect who, like, oh, maybe this is the year they break out. Maybe this is the year they break out. Maybe this, this is the year they break out. And I know Byron Buxton has been, like, better the last couple seasons. He's been unreal yeah. this year. He's yeah. been so good. Uh, and it's it's fun to see. It's fun to see players like that just raking. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember it, it, that draft, I think it was 2012? 13, maybe. Oh, Thir- I maybe know. 13. I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but it went Correa Buxton. And at the time, it was pretty clear, like, all the, all the evaluators were like, no, Buxton's the top guy. But the Astros, they went with Correa. And then for a while, there was kind of some talk, like, Oh wow, those evaluators are dumb. Of course, the Astros went went with the good guy. They just didn't go with the lower slot guy. They got the best player. But I don't know, man. Buxton looks legit. Yeah, he looks really good. That homer he hit today was a yeah. bomb. And then <laughs> that was a brutal turn of events at the bottom of the inning. But yeah, his defense his defense is elite too. Yeah. What a he's so good. Byron Buxton. It's good. He just couldn't. No, no <laughs> chance. Kidding, he just he couldn't put it together for the longest time. So that's yeah. that's cool to no, see. It's 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 great to see you guys like that put it together. Um, also, guys come out of nowhere. Corbin Burns, best pitcher in baseball. Insane. Come on, that's come on, Degrom. Come on. Well, yeah, whatever. He's, he's get old. a win. He's old. Yeah, get so. a win. Get a win. <laughs> I feel like Ty and I could could probably go on for for hours about just naming baseball players off the cuff and, and talking about them for five minutes. But again, I don't want to put the listeners through that. And, and so I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening this week. Uh, some Phillies road trip this coming week, and we'll be back next week. And, and you can listen to us again then. Thanks again. Thanks again.